1: Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode.
0: Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective.
2: I'll start with this poem. I wrote this poem when the bombs were dropping on Gaza and I was the media spokesperson for the coalition. Uh, doing a lot of the organizing and we had stayed up to about six o'clock in the morning perfecting every sound bite and by the end if you're Palestinian you know most Palestinians get tired and start pronouncing our P's as B's so we become Palestinians by the end of the day so I was practicing my P's all night and the next morning um, one of the journalists asked me don't you think it would all be fine if you just stop teaching your children to hate?" Um, I did not insult the person, I was very polite, Uh, but I wrote this poem uh, as a response to these types of questions we Palestinians always get. Today, my body was a TV'd massacre. Today, my body was a TV'd massacre that had to fit into sound bites and word limits. Today, my body was a TV'd massacre that had to fit into sound bites and word limits, filled enough with statistics to counter measured response. And I perfected my English, and I learned my UN resolutions. But still, he asked me, Miss Ziada. Don't you think everything would be resolved if you would just stop teaching so much hatred to your children? Pause. I look inside of me for strength to be patient, but patience is not at the tip of my tongue as the bombs drop over Gaza. Patience has just escaped me. Pause. Smile. We teach life, sir. Rafif, remember to smile. Pause we teach life, sir. We, Palestinians, teach life after they have occupied the last sky. We teach life after they have built their settlements and apartheid walls after the last skies. We teach life, sir. But today, my body was a TV would massacre made to fit into sound bites and word limits. And just give us a story, a human story. You see, this is not political. We just want to tell people about you and your people. So give us a human story. Don't mention that word apartheid and occupation. This is not political. You have to help me as a journalist to help you tell your story, which is not a political story. Today, my body was a TV would massacre. How about you give us a story of a woman in who needs medication, how about you? Do you have enough bone-broken limbs to cover the sun? Hand me over your dead and give me the list of their names in 1,200 word limits. Today, my body was a TV'd massacre made to fit into sound bites and word limits and move those that are desensitized to terrorist blood. But they felt sorry. They felt sorry for the cattle over Gaza. So I give them UN resolutions and statistics, and we condemn, and we deplore, and we reject, and these are not two equal sides, occupier and occupied, and a 100 dead, 200 dead, and a 1,000 dead. And between that, war crime and massacre, I vent out words and smile not exotic, smile not terrorist. And I recount, I recount a 100 dead, 200 dead a thousand dead is anyone out there will anyone listen I wish I could wail over their bodies I wish I could just run barefoot in every refugee camp and hold every child cover their ears so they wouldn't have to hear the sound of bombing for the rest of their life the way I do today my body was a TV'd massacre and let me just tell you there is nothing your UN resolutions have ever done about this and no soundbite no soundbite I come up with No matter how good my English gets, no soundbite, no soundbite, no soundbite, no soundbite will bring them back to life. No soundbite will fix this. We teach life, sir. We teach life, sir. We Palestinians wake up every morning to teach the rest of the world life, sir.
0: Well. I am so honoured and so proud to be in company with the amazing Rafif and an amazing spoken word poem that I heard first some 10 years ago and still brings chills to my spine. Today we are joined by two wonderful people, Rafif and Phil. First, let me tell you about Rafif. She's a Palestinian spoken word artist, academic and activist activist based in London. She teaches in the politics department at the School of Oriental and African Studies at the University of London. Her performance of poems like We Teach Life, Sir, which we just heard, and Shades of Anger went viral. Her live readings offer a moving blend of poetry and music. Since releasing her first album, The Fifth has headlined performance venues across several countries with powerful readings on war, exile, gender, and racism. Her latest album, which we'll be talking about today, is called Three Generations, and it's her third album. In addition to her poetry and academic work, Rifif has been a member of the Palestinian Academic Cultural Boycott Campaign. She served on the steering committee of the Palestinian BDS National Committee. She was a founding member of Israeli Apartheid Week, which takes place today in over 200 campuses worldwide, among other work in anti-poverty and refugee rights. Palestinian royalty, Rifif is with us. We're also joined by the wonderful Australian Phil Mansour. Phil's music is a loud cry against apathy, and a compelling call to solidarity. Phil is a Brisbane-based musician with an extensive record as a solo performer. His powerful songs tell the inspiring human stories buried in mainstream headlines. Phil is a committed trade unionist and activist. He's traveled to Palestine, and in Lebanon, he spent time in Palestinian refugee camps and filmed his song, Ghost of Diri Asean. Phil has headlined prestigious venues internationally and with his unique mix of music and protest poetry, and was described as an Australian troubadour who sings songs of hope, humanity, invasion, and occupations. Rafif, Phil, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much, Nasser. It's such a pleasure to be having a conversation with you. Um, I haven't seen you in a few years since the last time I was in Australia, so it's lovely to connect um, in this way virtually.
0: Well, we need to fix that. So as soon as we can get you out here, we have to get you back out, Rafif. It's been too long. But Rafif, I've heard the album. Our listeners won't have had the chance. We're going to play a few songs from it. It is brilliant, what you and Phil have put together is, is amazing. I'm not an artist, but I know the saying, art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And certainly you've done that again in your third album. Can you tell us or our listeners where the idea and the inspiration, how, do you, how did you come to this third album?
2: Um, Yes, Three Generations um, has been in the process of being written for quite some time since my first uh, album, We Teach Life. And the project initially started with a group of Irish artists uh, commissioning me to write a few poems around Nekba. uh, And the title was Sindiana. Uh, Sindiana means oak tree, but it's also a village that was destroyed uh, in Palestine in 1948. The poems are mostly written from the perspective of this tree that's been watching over the Mediterranean, uh, waiting for Palestinian refugees to return, but also telling the story of the Mediterranean today. The main point is that the Nakba has not ended. As a matter of fact, most of our region now has gone into Nakba, and this tree is looking over the Mediterranean, overseeing Iraqi refugees, Syrian refugees. So that's the thread that weaves the poem together. Of course, with the main line being hope as well, that keeps recurring in most of the poems. So, in a nutshell, that's what the poem that's that's what the album is about. It's a little bit of a chronicle of the past five years of politics, uh, internationally as well. So, there's a poem about Trump uh, and his uh, great deal, of course. Orange, um, so yeah, <laughs> Orange Man. That's what it's called. Orange Man. Yeah,
0: yeah. Generally speaking, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the uh, pencil case, but I was able to pick that one up. <laughs> this is your second collaboration with Phil. Yes. Phil, you're an amazing artist in and of yourself, but working with Rafi, how, how do you put the music? How, how does it evolve?
1: So uh, this this recording project uh, evolved a little bit differently to the previous one uh, because we we've been touring touring fairly extensively, so on those occasions we um, rehearse and we write a bit, um, and so this process, and then and then we yep. have the opportunity to perform those those um, new works live and just see how they go and they evolve through that performance process where we see how they're working. And we also um, we take the opportunity when we're touring as well to do the recording bits that we can together. What I like about this new recording is that it was more organic in the sense that we um, created it more collaboratively together. And I hope it, hope it reflects um, the input of both of us, both in terms of music and in terms of the, 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 the poetry as well.
0: Well, having heard it and our listeners haven't had a chance yet, though, we are going to play a few of the tracks. The music is moving. The words are moving. The first piece we're going to play is Three Generations. This is the lead title. Tell us a little bit about Three Generations. Uh,
2: Three Generations is the title track, as you just mentioned. Um, It is an ode to the strength, resilience um, and love of Palestinian women. Um, It is about three generations of women in my own family. And I'm telling our story, but it is also a collective story of Palestinians who have gone into exile, survived refugee camps, and insisted on teaching their children what their villages look like and about the right of return. So it's about that memory and that hope that gets passed on. We've also released a video uh, with that poem, and it, it was a wonderful process because we were under lockdown, and we weren't sure how to make videos. So I reached out to Palestinian women all around the world. And they all send us portraits uh, from historic Palestine, from Gaza under siege, from refugee camps in, in the West Bank, as well as as far away as Australia, Canada, and we have these lovely portraits of generations of Palestinians, mm-hmm. um, some of them born before the Nakba, before the State of Israel was even created, two young generations and mothers and their children. So I'm, I'm really proud of the video, and I think it was nice to do it collectively uh, when we were all under lockdown. So I hope people get a chance to listen to the poem, but also watch the video online.
0: We will have a link to the video in the podcast. Before I go to Phil, I'm just going to say our Palestinian women are both brilliantly beautiful in their minds, but also gorgeous aesthetically. I'm a little bit upset with you that I didn't get asked to be the sole (laughs) male. But anyway, I will put that aside for now. Phil, tell us about the challenges of recording the music, the pictures remotely, everything done during COVID. How how did you go
1: with that? This is sort of a bit of our mode of operating because obviously we're in different continents and we have those short bursts of time together so it's a there, there is a lot of sort of interaction digitally where we review and work through things together online but i think the essence of of what the music needs to do is to accompany and create mood to the poetry the, the poetry is central to what we present and um, a lot, of, a lot of the work is actually making the music so that it doesn't intrude, or if it does intrude, it's, it intrudes to support and motivate and strengthen the actual narratives and the story of the poetry. And it's an interesting process. It's very different to any way I've worked before um, to work like this. But um, I think we've moved forward in how we communicate and work together. And I think we're we're starting to come up with some really exciting creative pieces.
0: Well you've done brilliantly. So let's without further ado listen to three generations.
2: I am I am Every inhale. I am three generations of women who never made it past 40. I am three generations of women who never made it past 40 erased, one way or another. Bullets, or memories of bullets, stole them from us. I am three generations of women who never made it past 40. I am. I am. They were the wrong people, the wrong religion, in a state designed, exclusive, settled on earth and skin. I'm three generations of patching tents and homes, of picking up and starting new suitcases and keys, of saving scraps because the siege might come and it always, always comes, of sleeping on airport floors, of memorizing immigration questions and maps, of loving men, too in love with their revolutions to really love, of loving men, too in love with their revolutions to really love, of loving boys, still wondering where home went, of marking funerals as loud as we mark weddings, of marking funerals as loud as we mark weddings, of death, like life depended on it, of joy and love against skies of steel, of joy and love against skies of steel, I'm three generations of women who never made it past 40. Every sigh by a window Every bus ride to the prison waiting room Every hug long enough to be broken by a soldier Every trembling hand searching in the ruins Every candle, every notebook Every Zatar sandwich between the notebooks Every exam with no electricity Every whisper and kiss under the blankets So the kids won't hear it Every angry stare at a checkpoint Every made up lyrics because my mother spoke in poetry But could not remember songs Every breath and every gesture Every meal Rough hands, yet gentle Every braid Fingertips dancing through thick black hair Every braid Fingertips dancing through thick black hair They are with me They carry me I am three generations of women who made it. I am three generations of women who made it. In my every inhale, in my every exhale, they made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. it.
0: I'm sure you'll agree, listeners, that was fantastic. Now, if the next track that I picked out was Her Story.
2: Oh, that's a good choice, Nasser. You went to the heart of it. Um, Her Story was the most difficult one for me to write. It's the story of my grandmother. And that's a, it was a very difficult one for me to write because it's telling a story of loss and the way our refugee camp was destroyed. But I didn't want to remember just the sadness. I wanted to remember the, the strength, the beauty, the bread, the baking, the smells, and that's what comes through the poem. And throughout my poetry, I, I collect stories of women and girls, real life stories, because I think quite often Palestine is thought of just as statistics and numbers or some kind of distant conflict rather than real people. Um, with real narratives who, who have lost, and also that loss remains within generations. And that's why the title of the poem is Three Generations, to remember that hope, strength, and, and how we live with that loss consistently. So that's what her story is about.
0: I don't think we can add any more to that. Let's listen to her story.
2: She kept the chaos away Folding and mending and sweeping She kept the chaos away Folding and mending and sweeping The chaos was not coming in here Here, she made Palestine every day Knitting its flowers bright Knitting its stories gentle Until each of us knew The smell of spring there Until each of us knew We wanted to go there She reassembled houses and dances and harvest season She taught us Debke She taught us Debke rhythm and beat And kept that Debke beat steady Kept that Debke beat steady Made music and laughter steady in the face of too many young men saying too many goodbyes to find desert jobs. She, she kept the chaos away. She made enough bread for five houses and welcomed everyone, explained to the young ones how to wrap newborns warm, give them, give them enough home to grow. Convinced. She was convinced she was keeping war away With fresh garlic and extra coriander in every meal She was convinced She was keeping war away with fresh garlic and extra coriander in every meal With prayer and holy water With prayer and holy water With prayer and holy water Abana Abana الذي في samawat enough to keep us safe until 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 the water ran out the air ran dry the electricity they took only lentil meals left the chaos was creeping in the chaos was creeping in her laughter and stories lingering until 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 war War came down from the skies and decided to take a break from breaking sound and cloud came knocking at her doorstep. As always, with strangers, she asked it to come in for a cup of coffee. As always, with strangers, she asked it to come in for a cup of cardamom coffee. She didn't want to be rude, as always, Strangers, she asked, What brings you here? What brings you here? Before everything fell silent, her laughter and stories lingering.
0: I don't think anybody can help being moved. The first time I heard that, my eyes were filled with tears. Thank you so very much for articulating all of our Nakba grandmother stories. The next song is Arab Idol. This one is particularly pertinent at the moment because Mohammed Asaf, who won Arab Idol and who you refer to in the song, is currently based in Dubai. You know, he's from Gaza. But Avi Dikta, who's a Likud member of the ruling, Benjamin Netanyahu's ruling party, he's actually banned Mohammed Asaf or put in motion the process of banning Mohammed Asaf from coming back to Palestine, not content just with that, Avi has decided because of Israel has normalized now with the United Arab Emirates, He's putting in a call to the UAE and asking them to stop Mohammed Asaf from performing even there. Let's talk about Arab Idol. How did you come to that story?
2: Just to what you were saying, it's a really sad state of affairs uh, when now we have Palestinian artists being boycotted and thrown out of countries like the United Arab Emirates. Um, those normalization projects are, are really dangerous and you could you could see where they're heading um, towards collaborations when it comes to arms sales and security apparatus, but uh, nothing to do with the peoples of the region or wanting democracy and respect for peoples of the region. So um, it's, it's really quite saddening that this is the state we've gotten to. Um, I like to think it's the official state, but actually the populations of the region. And if you look at Bahrain, for example, the fact that so many people uh, protested and you could see their comments online Um, you can still tell the peoples of the region are with the Palestinian people and believe in justice for the Palestinian people and think of our cause as one, uh, not as separate. Arab Idol was a bit of a cheeky poem I was writing because I was perplexed by the way we kept uh, focusing on Arab idol and people were voting. And one year it was Mohammed Asaf and the next year it was another Palestinian. But the final competition was between a Palestinian and a Yemeni and Aden was being bombed. And I, I was just thinking this is a very, again, strange state of affairs where we're watching countries being bombed, but all we can vote on is Arab Idol. And the Palestinian Authority made a very, very big deal out of Arab Idol. And it was very strange that as more land was being lost, more land was being confiscated, more olive trees were being uprooted. This was the main distraction that we were seeing. So I just wanted to speak about how governments also sometimes distract you from what's really happening around you. Uh, And those things like Arab Idol can become a numbing way of, of voting when we can't vote on leaderships, unfortunately.
0: Well, without further ado, let's listen to Arab Idol.
2: As Aleppo burned, we celebrated Arab Idol. As Aden burned, we celebrated Arab Idol. As Ramallah slept to the sound of the siege on Gaza, we celebrated Arab Idol. We peered into screens and voted only because here we are allowed to vote. Here we have a say in nothingness. And we saw a supposed president of a supposed state happy to sell us a victory because the taste of exile and betrayal is heavy like rust on our tongues. Because the taste of exile and betrayal is heavy Like rust on our tongues Like a flashy red sign that declares we, Ramallah We live in bubble-letter-shaped magic and glitter Where talk of freedom is sold by the kilo at a falafel stand And our liberation goes viral in thunderclaps will celebrate Bright and proud Behind its wall Because we Covered up the loss In revolutionary songs And Dapkin Because we We put ourselves Back together Crooked Half standing Like buildings collapsed Sideways after the raid We Cleaned The streets of the camp Swept them Of all Memory Hit the shrapnel our smiles and keep walking, keep walking, keep walking firmly in our own funeral procession, marching towards another fake idol.
1: If you, Phil,
0: I don't think anybody, having heard only three of the tracks from the album, could be anything but amazed by your collective efforts putting this together during lockdown. Now, it's not easy putting together spoken word poetry, revolutionary music, in a time of COVID, and factor in Palestine. Tell us some of the challenges, Phil, and how our listeners might be able to support you.
1: So we we travel fairly broadly and um, Rafif has a, a really strong and committed following almost any city we go to. Um, uh, she effectively, essentially sells out in, in just anywhere where we have a well-organized show. You know, when we were, we were starting this project, that's where we, we, we saw it ending, we, you know, where we go and we connect with those audiences in cities all around the world. And they support us by purchasing the music and taking it home with them. But then, as, as you've said, uh, the world's changed now. We can't travel. Um, we can't connect with people um, like we used to. And so we've had to come up with ways to to connect. And I guess that's why we're having this sort of online, um, we've got this online project to try and pre-sell Um, as many of these albums as we can um, because we're not going to have the opportunity to take them to people.
0: So people can, if they go to POSIBLE, P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, POSIBLE.com, and within that you can search via profile for Rafif Ziada, you can find an opportunity to support the album, pre-purchase the album, etc. The link will be in the podcast so you can find it there. So just go to POSIBLE, P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, and search Rafif Ziada. Rafif, tell us about as an artist. It must be so frustrating that the barrier to get your art out, compromised by the machinations of capitalism, etc.
2: Yeah, I mean, as, as Phil was saying, right before um, COVID, actually, we were about to get on the flight uh, the next morning. We had about 6 months of tours booked uh, in venues around the world and it's it's most of the time it's activist groups and organizations who put a lot of effort into promoting these gigs and making sure there's a lot of people there. It's remarkable how much art can shift the conversation. Quite often when it comes to Palestine events, we think of big lectures, we think of big name academic, and, and I'm an academic myself, so I, I do the lectures, I do the statistics, but the way people react after poetry, and I've had many people, especially young people, come up to me and say, you know, I'm the only Palestinian in my city and it, in my village, and it's, it was so great to hear you. Um, And I think that touches people in a very, very different way. So I'm always thankful for all the organizations and the people who put in the effort to make sure, like despite the way capitalist corporations work when it comes to music and art, that we could still get this type of narrative about Palestine out there quite widely. Now that venues are closed, it's making life a bit more difficult in that way. But all Palestinians and all artists around the world, we're adapting. We're trying to move it online. And I hope people can get behind the project and support the possible in this way so we can keep. Doing the work that we do.
0: You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you go to Possible. Rafif, Phil, thank you so very much for joining us and thank you so very much for your amazing, amazing collaboration. Well done.
1: Thank you, Nasser.
2: Thank you so much, Nasser, and I really hope we get to see you in real life soon.
0: <laughs> the incomparable and amazing Rafif and Phil. Do yourselves a favor, go to The Possible, register so you can get an advanced copy, support the act so that it can get out there so people can hear genuine Palestinian voices. Thanks for listening, share the podcast, and remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.